how do you define life? By standing out from the crowd, living life on your own terms, being unapologetically you. Say it all with Defy Life gear, stylish apparel and accessories for men, women, and kids. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, bags, outerwear, and more. Visit DefyLifeGear.com for all of your Defy Life gear. And remember, your lifestyle should always be defiant. DefyLifeGear.com The following podcast is being brought to you by the Defy Life Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Staley in English show with Coach Kurtz. And we in the building with, wait a minute, it's just me <laughs> and a special guest tonight. Josh got a game. Uh, good luck to Josh tonight. And Mike is down in Orlando um, living it up in the sun because if, if we got this good weather here, I know he's killing it down there. Um, we have, uh, of course, you know, the show is brought to you by www.godefylife.com and the Defy Life Podcast Network. And we have a special sponsor for today, CB3 Athletics. Uh, go and check out the site, cb3athletics.com. That's www.cb, the number three, athletics.com. Special guest today, we're going to do a special interview with my guy, um, South Carolina great. Um, probably one of the best running backs I've seen at South Carolina. Uh, Went to the NFL, had a pretty good career, then took it up north to the CFL and had a great career there. And now he's back in South Carolina. Uh, we come from the same place. Um, a really, really good friend of mine. Uh, if you don't know him by now, shoot, I, I don't know what rock you're living under. But my man, uh, Corey Boy, man, is joining us today. Corey, how's it going today? Everything's blessed, brother. Everything's blessed. Thank you for having me on. Man, no problem, no problem. We we are the ones that are blessed right now to have you. I know how busy your schedule is, so we had to try to find a way to fit you in. Um, sometimes we even a little bit busy for family, so I had to try to figure out how to get you in, um, how, how to fit into that schedule. So we really appreciate you getting having giving us these 15, 20 minutes to be on. Well, 
God bless that, man. Thank you. Nah, no problem. All right, so, well, like I said before, you're from the same place I am, uh, Orange, New Jersey. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about growing up in Citrus Hill. Wow. Uh, that's a, it's a, it's a memory lane there that we got to take. Uh, <laughs> 2.2 square miles. Uh, I come from a family of nothing but athletes. You know, coming up in that city, it was it was tough. You know, you had the naysayers, you had those that, you know, believed in you. Uh, but all in all, you know, uh, you know, it, it was a struggle getting out. You know, with you know my mother being in the the street game and, and my father as well. Uh, I had to go live with my grandmother, and you know that made things a little bit tougher. You know, uh, because. You know, Granny has the the old ways. You know, she give you what you need, not what you want. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, I had to go out. I learned early on as a kid that I had to go out and grind for everything that you know I, I needed and wanted in life. Uh, and that included the knowledge. You know, may I had to learn it from a coach, uh, someone like yourself when I was young, um, uh, coach coaches and, and mentors and those that were trying to make a change in our community, you know, I tried to cling to whatever word that they had to give me to get up out of that situation and, and uh, coming from where we came from. All right. Now, uh, yeah, yeah, it's true that man. Um, but you had some, uh, some losses early in your life. Uh, uh, talk about those losses and tell me how you think those losses kind of molded you. Um, the first man, I, I've had challenges my whole life, you know, um, but I think at that age, you know, I, I dealt with a lot of death from close family members, uh, a lot of jail time from family members as well that, uh, took away from my growth. You know, I lost a, a very dear cousin, um, to my heart. You know, Willie Graves, you know, he was my only role model in life at that time. You know, while everybody was looking out at Michael Jordan and, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley and all of those other guys. You know, I was looking at Willie Graves as the next best thing because he was someone that I could actually, you know, spend time with and touch. You know, he was right there. You know, I never had a role model that could be like right there in my face. And, you know, he was gunned down, you know, uh in the uh winter time of 1996 and, and that reshaped my whole life you know uh to where i knew that i had to do something great i had to grind hard i took every message that he gave me and uh you know try to apply it to my life whether it, whether it was from school work to you know just making a, a difference in a community with my my peers and my younger peers and um, you know, and, and not shortly after, you know, his passing, I, I dealt with another death from, you know, a former girlfriend of mine's. Uh, she was shot and killed accidentally by uh, a, fr a friend that she was dealing with. So there was a lot of death uh, that that uh, that really hit me early on that really, you know, made me look at life, you know, as though, you know, you can't take it for granted, you know. You, you you you're only here for the time that God allows you to be here and you got to make the most of it you know and but that was just a few you know tests that that really hit me before I even hit you know 11 years old you know that yeah. was, that, was, that was that was rough you know um but 
as I continue to, you know, experience, you know, life in that environment, you know, it became uh, somewhat of a numbing feeling. But it was it was also a teaching tool for me because it taught me that life is not going to be easy. And those that are coming in your life, they come for a reason and for a season. And it's up to you to figure out uh, what's the knowledge and what's their message that they have to give you. Yeah, I mean, um, I remember I actually had the opportunity to play football with Willie um, his I think it was sophomore year. And I remember his his loss. Uh, actually, you know, I know it affected you more than anybody else. Um, but it definitely had an effect on the city because Willie was supposed to be the next big thing um, to come out of our city. And uh, at a time in which not much was coming out of our city. Um, great. He was a great, great guy. And I, and I was blessed to know him myself. Um, but, um, you know, the, that was a somber time. And I think that it, it kind of had changed our city a little bit as well. Um now, yeah, it definitely was, man. It, it was a it was a change for 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 a lot of people. You yeah. know, it, it, it really the, the 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 brotherhood and the friendships and the things of that nature, man. You know, it it, it actually drew a lot of people closer. You know, yeah. because that was our city only really got you know I guess you could say superstars every ten years, and he and he was. <laughs> He was a generational star, man, and and you know I, I still remember that that night, you know, when it happened, you know, to 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 have your your family members, you know, tell you, you know, he didn't make it. You didn't really have to. You really didn't have to have somebody tell you. It was just it was just you something knew. in the air. Yeah, yeah, it was just something in the air. The 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 way the air smelled, it didn't feel right. The way, you know, the night set, it just didn't feel right. And, you know, uh, just from a personal experience, I lived in that environment. I was there. I, I held him in my arms, man, to watch him take his last breath. You know, it, it was rough. You know, it really was rough. And uh, I think the, the tears and the crying of those that were in the, the area or from that area, man, I think that was a sad night. Everybody cried in that that, that uh, city that night, man. It yeah. felt like somewhat Jesus died. <laughs> Yo, it, what's, what's, what's crazy is I remember, you know, I remember the night I heard it. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, I was in the valley like chilling or whatever and it, and it made it like it, it almost like this is really before cell phones is really hitting on anything and like and for it to have spread as quickly as it spread and everybody go damn. You know what I'm saying? Because he wasn't one of those people who were like, yo, I'm from I'm from here. So I roll with this click. It was like, yo, whoever you are, you know, I'm cool with you. It's whatever. And everybody was kind of cool with him. And so it just kind of, you know, it, it was it was different. I know I, I definitely remember when I heard. So but, you know, um, who ended up being that person, you know, that you ended up looking up to after um after the loss of him because you know we always we sometimes cling to other people but who and and it's usually sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad but who ended up being that positive that next positive influence in your life after willie and how did that help you move forward um i want to say at first i had to look inside myself you know because you know when you lose somebody that close to you and someone that you feel that you you want to follow their footsteps it's tough so, you know, number one, I had to look in the mirror and realize, man, hey, you're up next. You know, it's time for you to, you know, step into that light 
and do what you need to do in the name of Willie Graves. And I said, okay, you know, uh, what did he teach me? You know, he taught me about paying attention to your coaches and getting closer to your coaches. And uh, another person that I cling to was yourself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And and, and another gentleman named Coach Kev. Coach Kev. um, Where we, uh, where, where you guys, you know, had a basketball organization called the Dream Team. You know where we didn't lose a game in <laughs> basketball. You know, yeah, and, you uh, already know. And it was, uh, it was, it was a great experience because even though we were all from that same environment, you guys gave us an outlet that took us away from that environment. You know, so we didn't have to worry about you know gun violence. We didn't have to worry about you know, anything really, because, you know, you two guys were true mentors. You, you picked us up, you, you, you fed us, you gave us a roof over our heads, uh, with a, a, a facility, you know, which was help is here. Help is here. You family know? center. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. With Miss Carrington. R.I.P. to Miss Carrington. Yeah. Yes. It was, it, it was a beautiful place, man. It was something that, you know, uh, it was a safe haven. And, and that's all I was looking for was a place that I could really be, you know, become myself because I knew what was going to be asked of me later on in life. And, you know, between you guys and and other coaches along the way, you know, that's who actually shaped, you know, what was my next journey and how I was going to do it. Yeah, I I, uh, I remember when we first started doing it and I, I think you made a move or something and I just was like, yo, that that kid's special. Like, and, and I just knew that there was something in you that was just, you were different. That was that killer crossover. That was that killer crossover, man. You know, back then I was an Iverson fan. I was a Marbury fan. You couldn't tell me nothing about going to killer crossover. Tim Hardaway. (laughs) And, and very few people know, and I tell people this all the time. I said, Joe, that boy might've went to the NBA in in basketball because he was that deal. He was that, yeah. he was that deal. Um, but I remember talking to someone um, when I was in, I, I was in South Carolina for a while, and I remember talking to somebody from home, um, and they said, "Joe Corey's in SC." I said, "Joe, where's he at?" He's like in Columbia. I said, "What's he doing out here?" They was like, "Yo, he playing football at Carol- at USC." I was like, "Yo," I said, "Joe, anybody got his number?" And then I called you, and uh, and I was so shocked, and we and you know we reconnected and. Uh, and, and kind of been friends ever since. But um, the question is, like, how did you end up choosing, like, Carolina? Like, take us through that. Like, how'd you end up here? Um, It was it was, it was a funny story <laughs> at the beginning. Like, I had never been, you know, out of, out of the state uh, like that, you know, since being with you guys at, you know, the Dream Team. Yeah. You know, um, but to actually go as far as I did, you know, I didn't know anything about Carolinas. Uh, my recruiting coach, he always used to talk about SC, SC. And the only SC, like, I really knew was Southern Cal. <laughs> Southern Cal, yeah. So, you know, at times he would throw out the colors and be like, yeah, the garnered in black. And I'm like, I don't know about SC being garnered in black, but I know they like garnered in gold. Yeah. <laughs> So that that started like my interest in learning more about the school. And, um, you know, I, I took an official visit to the University of South Carolina. And when I came down here, it was just a, an, it was it was like home away from home. You know, it, it, re, it reminded me of the because the, I come from a, a family. I mean, that, you know, we're a huge family and we just 
we love to be around each other all the time. And that's what I felt when I came down here on my recruiting visit, that this was going to be home. I, I knew a lot of faces and a lot of people. And at that time, you know, me being a highly uh, touted recruit, you know, I was getting all sorts of love that I never <laughs> you know, seen coming from my city. So, you know, it was a no brainer. Um, I took about two other visits they didn't compare to what South Carolina brought as far as the weather, oh, as yeah. far as the hospitality. It was a no-brainer with the coaching staff and just the opportunity that they were giving me to, you know, come in as a freshman and just make a, a impact on the university itself. Okay, that's dope, man. Uh, well, here's the next question. Um, what was your experience? What was your experience being at Carolina? How was that? It had its ups and its downs. Um, you know, me being an inner city kid, you know, being away from home, miles and miles away from home. Um, you know, and, I, and it's I, country. I, as yes, crap. very, very country. But <laughs> you know, I, I, I adapted to you know what my surroundings were, yeah. and um, it, whatever I could get myself into, I got myself into <laughs> because. At the end of the day, you only get to live once, and and I wanted to experience, life. you know, the college, yes, college life and life as much as I could because I knew that, you know, I was only going to get that one opportunity to do it, you know, and like I said, I had my ups and my downs, but that's all a part of growing up as a man, you know, you you learn from your mistakes and uh, you allow yourself to grow and develop into what you know God is potentially want you to become. So that's good. Um. While you were there, while you were there at Carolina, you ended up with another major loss. Um, if you feel like talking about it, um, how do you think that loss affected you at that point um, in your career? Because you were just kind of getting your career going um, as far as your college career. And so, you know, uh, how was that? That's if you want to talk about it. I don't know how many people actually know. So, I'm, I mean, it, there, there's, there's nothing that that's hitting with me you know i'm very transparent i like i said i've dealt with you know the, the losses of so many people in my life that like i said i've become somewhat numb to it but you know coming off of a, a year-long suspension uh from 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 the school and the university you know I, I was i was headed in the right path you know grades were right attitude was right and you know i was coming back to you know reclaim uh you know that glory um but along that journey you know i got a call that my mother had passed and um it shook me to the core it really shook me to the core because you know that was that's mom you know that's the person that brings you in the world that's the person that you know that that you know is your everything that that, that i was fighting for you know and um you know to have her uh, to have her go at that time, you know, just when I was feeling like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to what I'm supposed to do and I could actually take it even further and actually help my family. Um, you know, it was rough. It was rough. I actually, uh, for, for, for quite some time, I never told, told people, but I, I mentally lost it. And, and, and that may have, you know, led me into, you know, uh, doing silly things, you know, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that, you know, God allowed me to experience it when I did, uh, 
because I don't think if I would have experienced it uh, at a younger age, I, I don't think I would have made it this far. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't question what God has for me, but that loss was just, you know, waking me up and, and, and telling me, you know, that, you know, you can't take life for granted, you know, go after it. You can't, you know, sleep on your dreams because while you're sleeping, you know, God is blessing everyone. God, you know, yeah, God is blessing everyone. And, and, if, and if you sleep on your dream, you know, you, you're sleeping on a call that God has for you. So, you know, I, I, I tightened myself up and, and, and after her death, you know, I, I devoted a lot of my the rest of my career and the rest of my life to, you know, just making sure that I, I do the right things and that, you know, I'm in the right places and that, you know, I'm seizing every opportunity that's thrown my way. Yeah, that's why I, I didn't kind of ask that. I asked the question and was like, you know, if you felt like talking about it, because at the time you found out we were roommates or whatever, and I, I know how hard you took it. Um, uh, so I didn't know how, how comfortable you were, but I'm glad you opened up with us and it kind of took us. Uh, it actually, co- actually covered my next question, you know, how were you able to bounce back from that? Um, and because and you did, man, I think you had an amazing season that year. Um, you ended up with an amazing season that year. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you, you definitely were able to do that. And, and just like you said, you know, through God and, and, and understanding that you had to live your life a certain way, kind of put you on the right path. Um, so the college life, it, it's usually tough for freshmen. Coming. <laughs> it's usually tough without all the extra stuff, without what we talking about. So let's take out the loss that you, you experienced and, and, uh, you, you made a couple of mistakes, you know, you, you did some things in, in college, you know, um, but we're not, you know, we're not here to talk about that, but, as a student athlete, what do you think is the biggest hurdle that student athletes have to jump in, in in college? Prioritizing your time, prioritizing. Um, when when you're growing up, you know you're on a set schedule. When you're in high school, and, and and when you go to college, you know there's there's a lot of free time. There's a lot of distractions. <laughs> there's 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 a lot. You know that. Uh, you know, learning your learning the campus and learning where you have to be and the distances between things. So you know, it's just about prioritizing your time a lot, um, making sure that you, you you're clear at what you want to do when you get to college. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, um, allow your time, allow yourself to grow into what you want to be as far as a, a, a student. You know, um, a lot of people get there and they get caught on campus and it's just like wow so many things i want to do with so much that i can do uh there's so many opportunities out there you know you you can get overwhelmed you know but if you stay focused on your goals and uh what you're there for uh everything will fall into place you know you tend to find yourself in 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 a in a routine you know that's comfortable for you that uh won't mess up your your academic schedule uh definitely won't mess up your your athletic schedule um but it's about balance learning about balance balancing your time and and prioritizing and that carries over into life you got to be able to have some balance um (laughs) with with anything you do um now uh you were drafted by tampa uh tell us a little bit about when and how you found out you were drafted and kind of how that whole process went like getting to tampa Oh man, now you're talking that that talk. 
for a lot of people, they don't know, man. My 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 transition into the NFL wasn't as pleasant as I thought yeah. it would be. I mean, like me and you talked <laughs> a good bit of time that whole time, so I know. But you know, whatever you feel like opening up about, <laughs> you yeah, know, I, like <laughs> you know that 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 was a a, a time where um, you know I, I I was told I was going to be drafted higher. Um, I remember but like that. I said, but like I said, through, you know, um, mistakes as a youngster, you know, they came back to, you know, bite me in the long run. But, you know, um, I remember I was at home. Um, I had a draft party. I knew the first day I wasn't going to get drafted. I was told that. So I accepted that, you know, but it, it was still a celebration, two day celebration, because I knew my name was going to get called. Um Sooner than later, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, I was projected to be a third-round guy. Yep. Uh, coming out with, you know, the likes of Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Matt Forte, Chris Johnson. Yep. Uh, it, it was a lot of, uh, of good running backs in my class that came out as juniors. So, you know, as a senior, you know, I, I tried my best to, you know, put up the, the 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 measurements and the stats that the NFL guys liked and they wanted that in a in a three down back or four down back excuse me whichever one uh it just so happened that man uh it was rough it was tough you know I, I uh spent most of my day the second day uh at Bell Stadium you know just reminiscing and sitting back with one of my cousins and just talking about you know what what was and what what will be and um we we talked about a lot of dreams and we talked about a lot of things and uh you know the family were blowing up the phone my agent was blowing up the phone because they didn't know where we were you know <laughs> i just i just needed to clear my mind and you know as the rounds continued to keep dwelling down you know i decided to return back to the crib and uh rejoin with the family and let them know that, you know, everything was going to be okay, that, you know, I was going to grind no matter what happened, you know, in the remainder part of the, the, the draft. And, mm. you know, just when, you know, you, you feel like you want to give up, you know, that's when God comes calling, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I kissed everybody in the house and, and said I was going to take a little ride that, you know, everybody could go home if they wanted to or continue to, Watch the party, and uh, sure enough, when I went downstairs, my agent, you know, ran up to me, gave me a gave me a hug, and was you know telling me to keep my head up, and that you know the Denver Broncos was on the phone. Coach Shanahan wanted to talk. Um, we had a nice uh, conversation. He told me that they didn't have any more draft picks, but you know uh, he liked what my running style looked like, and. and he felt like I could contribute to, you know, the organization um, early on. And uh, unfortunately, you know, they 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 luck they didn't luck out. They they lucked out in the end. But, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he told me that to keep my head up. If I don't get drafted, you know, he'll he'll send me a, a free agency contract. So, oh, okay. you know, I was already putting my mind in the state of, hey, it wasn't going to happen. That, hey, this is the, the next you know, obstacle that I had to get over. Yeah. And sure enough, soon I got off the phone with him, you know, I shed it a I shed a tear. Um my 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 family at the time, you know, told me that it was gonna be okay, that it, you know, I didn't let them down or anything. But in my mind I, I let myself down. 
uh, because I felt that I, I could have did a lot better and, and, and ended up a little higher. And sure enough, again, when I doubted <laughs> the phone, I, I, I literally heard the house go crazy. I, I didn't even hear my name or see my name go across the, the screen, but the house went crazy. Um, I spoke to Coach Gruden. He told me what the situation was. Uh, he asked me, was I ready to go? And, and from there, you know, I, I was, I accepted, you know, being drafted where I was. And, and I immediately took off running down the street crying, saying, thank you, God. <laughs> and sure enough, the whole family came running down with me. And it was, it was just a great moment, man. I think that was the best moment uh, that I had as far as, you know, my NFL journey. After that, it was, you know, grind mode, injuries, uh silly mistakes <laughs> yeah and, uh, you know along that journey i found god so you know that was the best part of it okay uh after being in tampa for a, a short period you, you ended up getting traded to denver um how was that experience because if, if uh, just like you said they were eventually they kind of were interested in you all the way all along but kind of you kind of fell to them in a trade so how was that experience because i remember watching you i was like because you know you're, you're always partial to like your people so as i'm watching the broncos and i know you're dressed and and i know you're on the roster i'm like man shit they put my cousin there man i know he gonna get this five so i mean kind of like what was that experience i know for me it was exciting to see you run but like what was that experience like for you the the, the experience was crazy because uh to, to 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 clear it up i didn't get traded to denver i actually got cut from the uh from oh okay the, i got cut from the buccaneers and along that journey of you know I believe it was about three or four weeks that, uh, you know, they were, they kept losing running backs back to back, back to back. That's Denver, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denver, Denver kept losing running backs back to back. And, you know, just to give praise to God again, you know, I had just came off of a, a knee surgery that was taking a little bit of time. That was my third knee surgery. And it was taking a little bit of time for my body to, you know, snap back to what it needed to be. And, um, you know, I think the organization, um, the Buccaneers, you know, they 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 gave all that they could to me. And, and at that time, you know, I, I just, you know, I wasn't in the right headspace. So they 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 released me from my contract and um, I just continued to keep working out, you know, um, didn't know what was going to happen with my knee. And like I said, I was going to take a take another trip back home and say I give up. And sure enough, I got a call from the Broncos. On I believe it was a uh, Tuesday, and they had a game on a Thursday, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, I I didn't know anything about you know being a free agent and how everything worked with you know they can call you at any given time and you have to be ready, yeah, so, ready to go, yeah, yeah. So I ended up going to uh, flying out on that Tuesday. Uh, my agent was like, hey, you know, uh, Denver said they want to bring you out for a tryout. Now this was at like one o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday and I'm like okay no problem I'm thinking I had a couple of days to get my affairs in order my agent called me back in like 10 minutes was like hey your flight is at 4 30 pack light <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like what like who gonna take care of my house whatever but um I that that whole experience was magnificent man I, I learned about the business side of you know being a professional um 
and 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 I also learned about what it takes, you know, to 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 make a fifty three man roster, fifty two man roster, uh, whichever one it is. Excuse me, but you know, it's tough. It's tough. Everything's a grind. Nothing's given to you, even though you know you sign an NFL contract. A lot of people think you made it. That's not always the case. That's not true. You got to grind still for everything that you 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 looking to get. Because if not. You know your your pay is is, is 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 cut a whole lot more than most people think. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just you know being on the roster, being off the roster. Um, you know, you have to grind every week. You know, and and it's just little things that professional coaches see in athletes that you know you may not see in yourself that you may think you out there balling and you looking good but you may be missing a step or you may be missing a small read that may end up costing your team a game so you know my rookie yeah it was more learning of the business and in and how it's run and and uh you know that 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 was that whole transition was magnificent man even if i can say so with with all the setbacks and all okay now um <clears throat> your time there uh you you eventually ended up walking away uh, from football. Uh, why'd you decide to do that? And what did you do while you took this time off? Wow, which time are you talking about? <laughs> I, I walked away from football finally now. And, and, nah, not, was- not this time. Not this time. I'm talking about uh, like you experienced another loss while you were in, in Denver. Um, yes. Needless to say. Let, so let's, let's, let's tackle that first. You experienced another oh. loss in Denver, and I think after that loss, I think me and you spoke, and then I think that's when you decided to take some time off. Um, but talk about that a little bit because we didn't bring up Kenny at all um, the whole time, and I know that's one of your, that was one of your close, if not the closest friend you had. Um, you know, talk about talk about that whole situation if you feel like it. I know that's everything. I is mean, if you it, feel it's, like, it. It, like I said, I'm very transparent. <laughs> like I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I don't shy away from anything. Um, um, the Kenny situation actually happened uh, after I, I I got back into football, but it, it happened right when I got back into football. But um, like I said, from from the transition from Tampa to Denver, you know, I had a lot of bumps and bruises, ups and downs. On and off the roster, I didn't understand the business. I didn't like it because it was not something that I was used to about the game of football. Nobody taught me that. You know, I didn't have any any true guidance, I would say, you know, along that journey. It was, Mm -hmm. hey, I'll figure it out on my own, you know. And that's where I realized I had to smarten up. But if I was going to do that, I had to actually sit back and understand where I was in life and what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? And to do that and to do that as an athlete on the football field and trying to, you know, make a 52 man roster. It it was just too much for me at the time, at least by myself that I could say. So I decided to, you know, take a take a year off of football, um, you know, get my affairs in order, get my mind in order. Spiritually, I had to get back to, you know, what God needed me to be and what, you know, what I needed to do. But I needed to be isolated, man. I really needed to be isolated. So, um, you know, I took I took some time off, um, uh, got a job working at an academy, Rite of uh, Passage uh, is the name of that academy. But at that academy, um, you know, I had to definitely uh, monetize, uh, monitor, excuse me, uh, the kids that were sent to this facility due to, you know, criminal acts or you know it was 
a place where kids could uh, do alternative schooling and, you know, learn about sports and uh, exercise and things of that nature. So it was in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) It, It was it was a really isolated place where, you know, you're trying to help shape and mold the the, the, the next generation of of, of youth. Uh, that may have had some trouble with the law. So I felt like that's where God was calling me to go at that time. And, you know, I think it was a a, a time of reflection that God wanted me to see what I could have been and what I came from mm-hmm. or what I could have been back, you know, if I would have made those silly decisions that some of those young kids were making at the time. Yeah. You know, I think he was showing me myself in that, you know, if I didn't straighten up and I didn't get my life together that, you know, I could be in one of these situations. So, you know, he gave my testimony and my story to those kids. And like I said, it was it was a, a place where kids had to d- learn about, you know, uh, exercises and physical activities. So when I started having to run three miles and five miles through the desert and in that sand with, you know, 300 pounds, 15 year olds and, uh, you know, 12 year olds and they were beating me. That's when I knew, okay, it it was time for me to, you know, get my life back and start working back out and and fight for my dream. And along that journey, you know, real quick, real quick, before we get to that part, there was a, I don't know if this is where you were headed before you got to Kenny, but um, there was a story you told me about a kid that you had spoke to. Um, that said, that said, uh, uh, why are you here if you were in the NFL or something like that? I don't know if you remember telling. I don't know if you remember that story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was leading. I was leading right on. Oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, like I said, I was, I was, I was one of the the coaches that at that job. You know, I I, I had a soft heart for a lot of the kids, and we were sitting down one time having a small little powwow and um on the tv like they all knew that i played in the nfl and and you know uh that i had stopped playing but a lot of them didn't understand why and i never really you know wanted to open up to those young gentlemen at that time about it so one of the young kids actually you know uh knew that i was you know, a, a a player, a former player, and he, he you know, he, he wanted to make a name for himself or whatnot, but he, he, he came to me and he just asked me, he was like, um, you know, with everything that you've done, why, why are you here? Like, why are you here? Like, you could be playing in the league, you know, and this was actually one of the young gentlemen that was beating me on the long run, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it, it was, like when I started watching, you know, uh, watching how these kids were, were beating me on runs and they were out, out exercising me, you know, I guess the young kid, you know, came to me and he asked me, you know, like, like, why are you here instead of playing in the NFL? Like, why are you here with us? And that's what really made me like open up my eyes and like, man. Like this little kid had had some great knowledge for me, had some great things for me, man. And that was one thing that that sparked a light in me mm-hmm. that made me want to go back and play because I saw through this kid asking me just that question, you know, and, and sizing me up <laughs> that, 
you know, I was supposed to be doing something more than, you know, than what just, you were doing. Just, yeah, more than what I was doing. I had a lot to give to the, to this world and to the next generation, you know? Yeah. That's good. Um, uh, going on to, uh, to your next loss. Uh, it, go ahead. Yeah. It, it, it then led into, you know, uh, I decided to, to go play ball again and, I didn't want to go into the NFL. I wanted to experience something different. So I actually, you know, sent my film out to Toronto in the CFL and I actually got a contract. And at that time, you know, uh, my brother, Kenny McKinley, he had just got drafted, you know, to Denver. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it, it was it was crazy how if I would have still, you know, gave myself a shot and, and stayed in the game. Me and him would have been actually on the same team in the NFL, but, um, you know, due to egos and, and, and whatever else energies that there were, um, you know, we didn't communicate as much as we needed to. And we actually live, you know, very close down the street from each other around the corner, you know, um, I was at a rough time in my life trying to figure out how to get back to my glory. He was going through some of the similar, you know, things that I went through when I got first into the NFL with an injury and, you know, trying to figure yourself out. So, you know, we didn't communicate as much when we first got into the leagues, but, you know, when I got to Canada, um, you know, I had, uh, I had got a call from my ex-wife at the time and, and said to me that, you know, my little brother Kenny needed, you know, he needed to talk with me and that we needed to put all of our childish ways aside. You know, we loved each other. And um, on my off week, I actually came back to America and we spent some time together. We chatted it up or whatnot. And, um, you know, he told me about some of the struggles and the things that he had going on in his life. And, you know, me being trying to be the big brother and, and, and being someone that is a motivator and inspiration to others you know I, I i i felt we had a great discussion and a great understanding that you know we could overcome come things uh with a certain plan and and maybe that that wasn't enough maybe that wasn't enough but um you know i returned back uh to canada after that that weekend and you know, a, a week prior, I mean, a week after, you know, I, I got a call, you know, was I, was I, was I, sta- was I, was I standing, you know, and, um, I mean, the, the I knew that, I knew, I, I knew the tone wasn't one that I, I like to hear because when, you know, someone always asks you, are you standing, you know, <laughs> you already know something. what it is. Yeah. So, you know, I was told that, you know, my, my, my brother Kenny was no longer here with me that, um, due to, you know, some, 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 some situations, you know, um, he decided to, you know, he decided to check out and, and it was, it was hard to take. It's still hard to take to this day. You know, I'm sorry if my, my voice is a little, a little off of my words, a little off, but that, I, I think that was, you know, that's all right, bro. that was, that was another pill that, you know, I still can't, can't swallow today because, 
you know, you everybody wants to know how somebody goes, you know, to have peace. Did they go in peace and, you know, not to, to you know, mm. all I know is peace is not there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know when or how it'll come. Peace. Peace. Yeah. I don't know how it will come. Because, like I said, I've taken a lot of losses in life and I've learned to just hold it in, just hold, hold it in. in. So well, I mean, maybe God, maybe God, you know, later on in life will 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 take off the burden when it's time to go home. Well, man, look, you know, like I said, man, it, it, to see you um, still standing at this point after everything you've been through, bro, like, I mean. It, you are you are you are a walking testament. So, um, uh, the next thing we're gonna we're gonna move on. Probably try to put a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how was the experience in Canada, man? Because when I mean when I watching you play football it was like a renewed passion. Uh, watching you play um, in Canada, you know, like tell me how was that, man? How how much fun was that, or or, or challenging, or what was that like? For because like a lot of people don't know. You know, Canada is an option. There's a lot of players who, if it's NFL or nothing, you know. So, how was that experience in Canada? Yeah, that experience was magnificent. It was everything. I got out of there everything I went out there to get. You know, I I, I needed confidence. I needed to, to, to know I still had it. I needed to know that the mistakes and everything wouldn't define me and, and that I could re, re, restart over and – like I said, I wanted a fresh start, and when I got over to Canada, it didn't start out too well. The first day of camp, I got a concussion, and I'm like, I'm like, no, God, don't do me like this again. Um, but you know, I'm grateful that he tapped someone over on the shoulder, the right person on the shoulder, and, and said, "Get this guy a shot." And in my first game, when I got back from you know, a concussion, I, I was given the ultimatum, either you play this game or you got to go home, you know, we can't keep you around. So I ended up playing in that game. And, you know, in my first game, I had 21 touches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. And Damn. from there, you know, I think <laughs> I opened the eyes of a lot of people on why, you know, they kept me around. And from there, you know, I just continue to, you know, put forth the best that I, I knew how to give, man. And, you know, the team that I, that we had that year was all new guys, fresh faces. Uh, the GM and the head coach was, you know, he was new as well. So it was a great match, man. And, and, and I was able to be put in some good positions to showcase my talent out there because it actually is a different game, you know, with the rules and how many people are on the field and how big the field is in itself. Um, you know, it's really a strategic game with only having three downs as your main down. So that means as a running back, you, you, you probably get the ball once out of those yeah, three downs. Those but three, if, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I was grateful enough to have coaches that saw that they could utilize me in the passing game and in the rank game. And in my first year, I was able to put up some very impressive numbers uh, statistically so that, you know, I was rated uh, with, I think I finished in the top four as a uh, MVP of the league. I actually uh, won uh, uh, team MVP um, 
I finished second in the league as uh, the, the the lead in Russia due to injuries. Uh, I helped lead my team to the to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, a game away from the Great Cup. So it was a, it was a phenomenal introduction, uh, reintroduction to the game to the pro game, which I really didn't get when I got to the NFL. So it was two different experiences, and you know from there on, you know I just continued to develop myself as a professional remembering what I went through you know uh when I wasn't playing the game and also when I played the game in the NFL and that helped shape you know the rest of my career as far as playing in um the CFL now uh you're back in SC um uh and you could have went to Jers but what made you settle or you could probably could have gone pretty much anywhere to settle uh what made you settle here in uh when you came back to the states honestly i i've always felt south carolina was a place that allowed me to grow greater than the the young man that i i once knew i was able to let down my fears my cares and all my anxieties here and that was the last time i felt safe you know from any harm, you know, and I felt like the coaching staff that recruited me, you know, spoke very highly about after football where I could grow. And, you know, when my grandmother passed, um, you know, I felt like Canada wasn't the place for me. They only knew me as an athlete, um, as a pro. But South Carolina knew me as, you know, a man, uh, a, a boy that turned into a man. And I wanted to to make the, the kids in South Carolina and the next generation. I wanted to help develop them. I wanted to be more of a helping hand in the community and help build, you know, their journeys. Because I knew that my journey uh, had hit a certain standstill and that it was time to reinvent myself and you know learn about what was next for me on my path and i knew south carolina was actually the best place for me to do it well happy you're here bro um and coming up on the last couple of questions and, and we're gonna and, and this is the main part here um of of why we do it and and why we feel like you're defying life um you have a program out now where you're helping kids um tell us about your program you know start with the name and then Shoot, just run from there. Well, I, I run a little program called CB3 Athletics. It's not a little program, bro. <laughs> Give yourself some credit. It's not a little I program. Mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a decent program um, where we focus on the academic and the spiritual side of developing a kid along with the football skills development and seven-on-seven training. Um on the off seasons, we offer the services to kids uh, ages eight through eighteen. Uh, where on the off season, the kids will come for two days a weekend, um, two times a week. Excuse me, on the weekends, on a Saturday and a Sunday, uh, for two hours, where we um, teach the kids about, you know, their bodies, how to recover from games, you know, how to personally get their bodies ready for games and season. Um, then we also take the kids, you know, on college tours and throughout the community to do community service, um, to help out, 
uh, in their own communities. And then we also travel as a as a as a youth team to participate in regional and national seven on seven tournaments to help kids get more reps to develop themselves before their season time. And along with that, we try to associate ourselves with FCA and any other um you know, spiritual or Christian organizations, not just Christians, but uh, many spiritual organizations and religious organizations so that we can teach our kids the differences and uh, learning about spirituality and helping them learn about themselves, mind, body and soul. That's dope, man. I mean, like that, <laughs> that that's I can't wait for I can't wait for uh, Edison to turn to turn uh, eight so he can go ahead and sign up. Um <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, he he's the football player. My other son wants to play basketball, but Edison's the football player. Um, all right, now, uh, how can parents sign their kids up for their program? Like, how can they get in contact with CB3 Athletics? Uh, you can always uh, find me on uh, at our website, number one, at www.cb3athletics.com. Uh, and that's the number three. And... Uh, our social media, we, we are on Facebook, uh, Corey Boyd or CB3 Athletics. We're also on uh, Instagram, uh, and that's Coach Boyd or Coach CB3. Um, we're also on Twitter with uh, at KingBoyd03. And uh, I'm not, I have to get me a snap. You know, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a camera guy as uh, a photogenic person like that as much. So I'm not too much into the the the, the snap so much. But the kids are always telling me, Coach, you got to get on it. You got to get, get left, a snap. Man. Or you're gonna get left behind. So <laughs> you know. But I think those 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 media outlets, you know, are are some that we use uh, mainly uh, to get out to our kids. All right, man. So definitely, like I said before, bro, we appreciate your time, your energy. I, I think I think ten ten minutes turned into fifty one. Um, but man, uh, uh, anytime we get a chance to talk to you, it's a blessing. So thanks once again, bro, man, and, and you continue to defy life. All right. Thank you so much for having me, man. God bless you, brother, and I thank you so much, man. Peace and love and glory be to you. Thanks, Corey, man, for joining the show today, man. We really appreciate it. I know you got a busy schedule that you got to get back to. So, you know, we're going to go ahead. And once again, the show is brought to you by his uh, training company called CB3 Athletics. Um, that's Go ahead and visit www.cb3athletics.com. That is www.cb3athletics.com. And don't, rem- don't forget that if you want to join the conversation, hit us up via email at the Staley and English Show. That's the Staley A N D English Show at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on all social media. All you have to do is search Staley and English Show. As always, as always, keep God first. Everything else will follow. Peace. Yo, what up, my people? This is J.R. Glant from Defy Life. If you're looking for an in-depth, honest, at times hilarious conversation on anything from current events 
to sports, to entertainment, and more. Check out myself, Alvin, Thomas, Gerald, and Yosh on the Defy Life podcast. Dropping every Wednesday, available at GoDefyLife.com and everywhere your favorite podcasts are available. And as always, if you're not rocking with Defy Life, what's your life about? Fire life.